0: welcome once again all right so just the last leg of this and perhaps um just one of the most important part which is turning your tomatoes into profit this is the profit part of it um so we'll chat about pruning here a little bit as well um now what are the benefits of pruning uh pruning you have airflow it gives you that airflow and it has that sun contact. I know that earlier on we were talking about how uh, you get sunburn in your tomatoes, for example. Uh, but that is if your tomatoes is exposed to the sun for too much. But if your tomatoes, but for in order for tomatoes to ripen, they need that little bit of sun. So to encourage ripening, once they're almost like once they're ready, then we prune off, and then it helps with ripening. So this picture right here, I'm sorry is that little blurry there. Um, this picture right here was taken as soon after I pruned my tomatoes. Alright, so it's not, it doesn't look like that. But if you notice, the key here was that there were some tomatoes that were already ripening. So visibility, that's another thing that helps you with this. Otherwise you won't see your tomatoes. You'll be like, oh I didn't know. That this was here matter of fact when i pruned these tomatoes i've i only saw like one of those really i was like whoa <laughs> there's a lot of tomatoes here that are ripe already now this variety this is one of the variety that i was talking about earlier that has kind of like that long-term production if you notice these tomatoes have a lot of tomatoes all the way up quite quite full uh and this is One of those varieties that are just, I mean, really good. I mean, performs very, very well. Um, And so, as soon as you see a ripe tomatoes, then you prune. And I like to prune sometimes. It comes up to like halfway. So, half of the plants, I take all the leaves down. Now, when I talk about pruning, it's not just sucker. The leaves as well. So, in this case, we don't prune just suckers. We will prune the leaves as well. All right? And we'll just leave the tomatoes, and the stem. And that's it, all right? So uh, now the other thing is uh, pruning helps with uh, when and what to prune. Once you see ripening tomatoes, you prune off, and as well, up to the first flower set before you get to that stage. So basically, once your tomatoes, you see a flower there, you prune up to that flower. And then you don't prune any more leaves until you see a ripe tomato. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to prune the suckers. The suckers you keep pruning as, as they come. As they come, you prune your suckers. By your leaves, you leave it there. When you prune your leaves off is when you see your first ripe tomatoes and you go up, up until you see that the tomatoes are not ready yet to go to turn ripe in the next two to three weeks so you want to leave that shade so it comes out to about half of the plants like i said half of the plant all the leaves comes off and then the other one stays uh with leaves so just hold that thought there um when and what uh when and what to prune prune leaves and suckers leave half of the plants with leaves sprayed a sealant or fungicide after pruning so this is one aspect as well that sometimes we miss and something that i learned actually a while ago and uh, that is when you prune you are exposing your tomato plants you are creating a wound and that's when any fungus in particular can attach to that and infect your plants so I like to, after we prune, so actually I will send a team or we will go with a couple of guys or myself. Just, you know, if you, if you are a one-man operation or if you have help, just make sure that when you prune, you have pruning days. So, right, let's prune today. And then in the afternoon or soon after, spray off your tomatoes with a fungicide. It's just really good um, practice to avoid some fungus in your tomatoes, and we had a question earlier about nematodes and things like that. And this is one way that you can avoid them as well. Um, just write that thought down for a little bit there. All right, now this is what I use when it comes to if you're having problem with fungus. I use these. These all of these are um, all of these are organic. Uh, so not a fungicide. The stylet oil and the dipel water soluble now i if you notice I put water soluble there are two types of dipel one that is a dust that some people put in a sock and they and they go like this, like when people are praying for somebody, you know <laughs> and you shake it off on top of the plants. that one doesn't really work as well, and when you have a large field or you know you're not gonna be there in four acres, otherwise you know jesus will find you like this <laughs> so um so the the soluble works really well it penetrates everywhere it goes into every crevices and it just just excellent plus i buy a bag of i think it's a pound or 2 pounds cost $20 and sometimes it lasts me like two seasons. like i eden valley two i mean it, it's just yeah <laughs> so it's really good and um now the style the stylet oil the jms stylet oil can help you with uh, aphids as well so it's not just fungus but any of these the sonata and the oil will help you with fungus and one thing about when it comes prevention of disease you want to really Um, be preventive about it. So don't wait until you see fungus to start applying fungicide. Just put it down in your calendar. Every 14 days, apply fungicide. So the idea is that, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, I'm doing organic and I'm doing this and it's going to be all perfect. No, it's just simply put in your mind, we are on earth, where sin abounds, just plant your tomatoes, fertilize them, Every fifteen days, I apply a fungicide and just keep moving and, and just keep applying that and and then sometimes we want to move away from like the pesticides, insecticides and things like that, right that we like go to the opposite end that when, where we don't produce anything, and then we go back to Walmart and so these are organic uh, and I spray, and I spray a lot, and of course it is organic it is um Good for the plants, for the environment. So, but you have to you have to spray these things, and of course, having these the the elements that I talked to you about, and I keep ref, you know reference to them, because they're just such a key component um, to 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 this step. You know, if if you have an area that is flooded all the time, it doesn't matter what things you spray with, you will have problems. Um, so. All right, very good. Selling your tomatoes. And this is the slides I've been looking for this whole class. Uh, Of course, guys, if you want to learn a lot about this stuff, just come to Eden Valley. We have a nine-month course. So uh, you can learn there. If not, then you can come to the one-week farm experience in the first week of June uh, and join us there, you know, where you will see all this in action. You'll actually go through the greenhouses. So... um, now, selling your tomatoes, and again, I'll cover these slides, and then we'll, we'll open to a question. But a value is placed on a product by two evaluators, right? The seller and the buyer. Now, it is interesting, this concept, sometimes it's very hard for some to grasp. But I remember um, when, you know, the Apple, the iPhone came out. It was the first phone that cost like 500 bucks, like $400, right? But these days, you know, we all, most of us have iPhones, you know, and, and they cost over a thousand bucks now, you know, so, but the reality is like, what makes this cost $1,000? Think, think about it. What makes a computer cost $2,000? And it's just simply the fact that the seller is selling, I believe in this product, and it's going to cost you $2,000. And you're like, wow, that must be good. (laughs) All right. And then you're like, kind of believe in that. But what is it that you're believing in on the appreciation of your product? If I come here, you know, this paper here might help you. Want to buy it? That's 50 cents. But if i tell you you know this is an ancient paper that came from egypt in the 14 bc whatever you know it's like whoa that's amazing how much is it well last time it was evaluated five years ago it was fifteen thousand dollars you know and you're like okay i'll give you 20 right now see so the value you have to place a value on your product when you think your stuff is cheap it will be cheap but when you think your stuff is valuable, now, not expensive, valuable. That's, there's a difference here between expensive and valuable. When you think something is valuable, then people will um, pay. Now, the product has to, has to convince the buyer of its value. One thing is, uh, Eden Valley, our tomatoes are $6 a pound. And they've been like that now for the past four years. And it started with the first month of the season when nobody has tomatoes in the area, right? We were like prime. We had tomatoes. Nobody really has tomatoes. So we could sell it for $6. Then a year later, or two years later, actually, he was like, you know what? Let's keep it all summer long. You know what happened? We sold the same amount. And we make more money. Because what makes someone... So, there, there's something that we need to understand as well. For much of an offer that you can get on a car, you will only get one car for the most part, right? So, if you if you need a vehicle, if you need a truck, you go to the dealer, Said, I want a vehicle. If the salesperson tells you, hey, it's 20% off, it really... I mean, it really doesn't matter because you're there to buy a truck. Cost what it costs, right? I mean, of, of your research. Of course, it would be great to get a discount, but it won't change the amount of truck that you're going to buy. And so, yes, you can buy different things, but I hope, I hope the concept is it's getting across. That basically, there are people that want two pounds of tomatoes, whether it costs $3, $6, $20, $2, 50 cents. They just want to buy two pounds of tomatoes. And so sometimes because we say, because we don't place value in our product, sometimes we undersell our things. And what ends up happening, especially with local growers, is that you end up being in the negative or you end up not selling enough and your stuff costing you more than what you're, than what you're getting back from. If that makes sense, yeah. So, if you sell a a bundle of beets for a dollar, it's costing you that bundle of beets costing you about a dollar. So if you sell it for a dollar, you're not making money. Now, if you sell it for three fifty, now you're making money, or even four dollars with nice beets in it. Now, the other thing is the other aspect is that maintaining the quality of the product. Is just as important as actually selling it. So one thing that I do, uh, very keen to, to this, is that if something doesn't look good, I don't send it to the market. Not for free, not for discount. Give it away here to the staff, throw it away, but don't take it to the market. Because that's gonna, if that's all you got, like, 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 like for example, let's say I give you a lettuce for free. And it's bitter. The only thing you're going to remember is that the lettuce was bitter. And it wasn't that it was free. <laughs> and w- you see, so you're not going to think about lettuce next time and be like, oh, let me go and buy lettuce. Well, they gave me that one for free. And it was, you know, and it was bitter. So this is one of the key components. And, and, and I, okay, so, so so the idea is, okay, how can we get someone to pay more? All right, how can, how can we get into that? And, and you say, well, you're in Colorado. The prices there are different. Um, you know, what's, what's happening? And the, what, what you do is that, first of all, you start with a price that is not cheap, but it's not super expensive either. So, for example, this is Arkansas where organic tomatoes at Kroger uh, will cost two sixty all right? So I started selling my tomatoes at $3 a pound. So the customers will be like, that's a little expensive, but I'm already here, want to support you, whatever, I'll take it. But the next time they came around was like, those are the best tomatoes I've ever had now the pricing is no longer in front of their forehead it's like the tomatoes are really good so now they they get tomato happy right and now they tell their friends oh look it costs a lot but don't worry about it it's great 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 right that's all they hear and that's all they're saying so now the word's spreading the tomato tastes really good and now you start to start captivating an audience you start to captivate that audience And when you think about tomato, when you think about your best friend, when you think about your family, when you think about family reunion, you know, gathering, this and that, and you want to offer the best, you think about those tomatoes. And you say, you know what, I want to buy those tomatoes. Yeah, it costs much, but I don't care. That stuff is good. There's a restaurant that I used to sell to, Basil, and... Um, my pa- a pound of basil for me, I never will sell you a pound for less than $30 for one pound of basil. And that restaurant bought basil for me. And, um, and one time I'm talking to the owner and um, so I asked him, so he said, like, so how much did you sure I pay for basil? He said, $15. And I'm like, so why, why do you buy from me then? Because I asked him, you know, I mean, he's buying, paying me $30. He's paying Cisco $15. So what makes him pay twice as much, right? And what he told me was, your basil, everything is usable. When I buy from Cisco, it's a thing of, you know, this big and only three leaves attached to it. You know what I'm saying? So the quality, and this is when quality comes into place. So basically, and it cost the same amount the same effort to grow what Cisco is selling versus what I'm selling. You see, like, you don't, you're don't you not losing much, <laughs> but you're gaining a lot more. And so when I would show up there with three pounds of basil that I made a trip and drove there, that's $90 plus another $100 of tomatoes plus another $100 of lettuce. Then it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like, okay, I, I made some money because you did because the price the value that you put in it was a high and the value and the price is good and so and a lot of the things that happens especially with local growers and farmers is that they put their price too low and a lot of people say if that's a dollar fifty there's a reason for it especially when this one is selling it for five dollars and so um that's you know that's that's big um Maintain the quality. Just remember that the free market, of course, can change the product value, unless you have built up a good clientele. Of course, you know we live in a free market environment where uh, have, uh, demand and the um, uh, how you call it um, um, supply, and supply and demand, you know, will change things. But at the same time, in Colorado, in August, in the end of July. When the tomatoes from Southern Colorado and the West Slope of Colorado—they produce—they're big, big, big growers out there. When they come in and flood the market, we still have a great clientele. So what we saw was is that we still sell a lot of tomatoes for the same amount of price, even though the market value of the tomato went down. And that's just simply because you have good quality tomato and as well, you already have a captivated clientele. And so, um, again, this might sound like you're manipulating things. You're, look, you've been manipulated too. So, <laughs> But, hey, uh, it's not. You, know, you just want to be able. You want to stand in a position that you can help them. Because if you if you undersell your things, you will go bankrupt. And now, truly, there's nobody to supply quality, good quality stuff. And that's what we're there for. It's not just it's not the money necessarily. It's to really provide um, just um, you know just that quality of of tomato. And so um availability or lack of product can change its value as well and this is true especially in the winter early spring so what ended up happening um down there just to use that example um so throughout the summer we were selling tomatoes for three dollars and this was here in the south and uh, but in the fall i had tomatoes and and a little bit into winter well, in the fall into winter, no one has tomatoes. So then I said, All right, my tomatoes now are 460. And, but then everybody was already, hey, the other thing, the other aspect of this is not just how good the tomato is, but as well, you educate your people about who you are. So when you're thinking about buying, you know, from Fletcher Academy, you're like, you know, I'm not supporting just, you know, uh, uh, I'm not just buying from this random uh, person, right? I'm supporting a cost. I'm supporting this. So once you educate people, then they'll be like, this is great product, supporting a great cost, and therefore I'm charging you this much. And you can actually, that sales strategy, you can see it more and more today. Like, if you notice, sometimes about a product, the first thing that comes up is who we are. Because they want to know who you are before they tell you the price. They want you to know who they are, what the product is, and then in the bottom they give you the price. Because if they charge, you know, for that probiotic $100, and they tell you right away, they're like, what is that? I can buy that on Amazon for $10. You know, so no, but they tell you who they are, the whole story and everything, and then they sell you the product. So basically that's the that's the same idea that you want to do at the market and, and this is not manipulation and anything this is just creating an environment where each other can support um, you know can each other can support themselves so yeah um, so this is and the seller plays a final mark on the value of the product you know one thing is um you will always have people that want a deal you know they're like hey can i give you uh i remember <laughs> uh, there was this person that came to the market and it's like uh i'm gonna give you can i have that flat for 15 dollars?" and it's like no um it's gonna be 25 dollars, no less than that and a flat is about 14 pounds right so you know the one i bought there they were the person was wanting to buy the whole thing. And so, no, I'll give you 15 And there was a line of people, right, waiting for the tomatoes. So finally, the person moved to the side, and, and the customers behind went like, I want that, I want that one, I want that one, I want two pounds, three pounds, four pounds. And very soon, the last box that was being negotiated for, I want $15, was selling And the person had to buy half of the flat for the same price that we were offering the whole thing for. Now, what it means is that at some point you have to say no. At some point you have to say, you know, I do value my work. I value the product I put out. You know, this stuff, I'm not going to give it to you for that. You know, because once you put the value on it, like my tomatoes, they're not not the tomatoes that you ate, by the way, today. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that you can see through, um, but you know like you value the stuff, you know, the sun was pretty hot and it was humid in that greenhouse and the bugs were eating me. so you have to I mean that stuff costs money, you know, and then I'm getting older because of that nice no, skin <laughs> so so all that stuff adds value to it and, and so just just remembering those things that's that's just a uh, a great a great a great advantage so when it comes to selling turning your tomatoes into profit there are key factors to it growing good quality tomatoes with the steps that we talked about and as well finding that good quality tomato finding all that just nice beautiful varieties that works for your area setting up the greenhouse, which we'll talk about um, tomorrow. And of course, placing by this, I, I think, this slide right here will give you, this I think one of the most important ones because I think a lot of local growers are growing great stuff, but they're asking very little for it. And, it's, and the reason I use like the South as an example of my experience is because, you know, again, Tomatoes here are very cheap. Everybody has tomatoes. But you can ask for that vat for what it actually costs. Um, so, and, and don't be ashamed. And, and o- there will always be someone to tell you that your stuff is too expensive. But what happens to us a lot, actually, in Colorado, they say that our stuff is very cheap. <laughs> and so and one time, this happens, um, and I'll open the, the uh, Q&A after this. We were selling, I forgot what it was now. We are selling for $4. I remember the price, though. (laughs) I don't know. I forgot what it was exactly. But we are selling for $4. And somebody came to say, you know, in Denver, this stuff, they're charging $12 a pound. So the market manager, the guy that is at the market, calls me, and he's like, I can't believe it somebody told us that and I said all right charge eight dollars we want to be a competition but we're making twice as much and believe it or not thing it continues selling like nothing happened so one example there that I was getting not getting the, the the value of the product I wasn't getting it there now one thing that we use one strategy that I was still use that every store out there uses right have you said have you heard this have you heard this? Sam's Club has this item cheaper than Costco. And Costco has this cheaper than whoever, right? You've heard that? That's part of the sell strategy because if you go for this, it's cheaper. But then you find this computer. Oh, well, I'll take that too. And, and that could be cheaper in another place, but you're already there. So might as well. So basically, things that are easy to grow don't charge a lot. For example, if, uh, well, things that are easy to grow and they don't cost much, all right? So, for example, like okra is easy to grow, but you can sell it for good value because everybody likes it, has high demand, and it's great. So, $4 a pound is what I used to charge in the every, anywhere for okra. If if somebody complained about it, I say, hey, you can come and visit our farm, I'll give you a tour and you can harvest your own crop. <laughs> <laughs> so with kind and loving words like that. And they're like, wow, that's great, I'll go. And then <laughs> and then I literally had people, okay, so there's one example here. So I had this guy go to the market and like, I want small pickling cucumbers. And like, that's what I want, and I don't want these big ones and this and that, uh. And, and so they call me from the market and I say, this guy wants to harvest, it's on, it's on cucumber." I say, yeah, sure, send him here. Um, so he came and I said, before you harvest, let me show you three bins. I had three, three, three full bins in the cooler that were harvested that day. I said, hey, and, and I thought they were good size, I don't know. Um, and he was like, no, they're too big, a little too big. Where's the field? I said, okay, let's go. So he came, for some people, for some reason, people that don't work in the farm, they always love to visit the farm in the middle of the day. Like, I don't understand why is that. They never come early morning or late in the evening. It's like 2 o'clock, 2 a.m., 2 p.m. Uh, so the guy comes and he's like, yeah, it's right there. Uh, so he starts and he's like, ouch. And, uh, and then he goes and, and he starts, you know, scratching his hands. And All right, well, we'll see you in a little bit. So later on, I drive. It's like, wow. What? So, yeah, I harvest these, and um, I want to take a look at those cucumbers that you show me. <laughs> yeah, and I said, all right, sure. So, anyways, here that I buying, like a whole bin afterwards, you know. Yeah. So, but you know, the reality hits, and um, yeah. So, but nonetheless, um, putting that value on on the on the product, it's it's. <laughs> It's very important. And to finish what I was mentioning about things that are easy to grow and you can charge very little. Like, for example, in our area, kale grows very well. And it has, it has some demands. It's not like a huge demand. It has high demands, but not crazy like tomatoes. Um, so kale is easy to grow, very easy to cultivate and harvest. So therefore, my kale... Instead of charging four dollars, four fifty like some other you know some some other local growers do, I just charge, you know, three dollars or two for five, you know. And so so basically I have some cheap items that I can afford for them to be cheap, and then other items that are um, that are expensive in, in in their minds. But again. Don't get discouraged if once in a while somebody comes and says, your stuff is so expensive, and so because, and, and what we do for people like that, we give them a tomato. That's what we always do. And the next week they're back buying tomatoes, and so and uh, and one of the things we do is that we are always thankful and grateful to our to our um, clients and and people that come and support us. Um, you know, if sometimes, like, at the end of the, of the season, we give, like, 50% off that last market, um, we encourage them some, sometimes to, like, come to the farm, and when they come to the farm, we give them great deals there, especially if they harvest themselves. Uh, so, like, like, sometimes they come to you pick uh, tomatoes, and they leave with squash and some cabbage, and I only charge for the tomatoes. So, yeah, so <laughs> they pick everything, and, um, and they get an appreciation for the, what the farm is like, and, you know, you just want to be thankful for, 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 for them as well. So it's not just like a corporation that treats everybody. It's just like your money, 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 money. You know, we have to have that as well, that, that aspect. So we're very thankful to our clients and people that has bought from us for, for over the years, like our CSA members. I mean... <laughs> Wow, the CSA members, sometimes I put a braid of garlic that costs $60. And, and, and they're supposed to pay for that week only 40 bucks. But I give them other vegetables plus a, a braid of garlic. You know, once in a while I put a, a jar of honey there, you know. So, and of course, at the end of the season, they're like, can I sign up for next year, please? <laughs> and so, um, but very good. Um, let's have some questions. Let's tr- try. See if I can answer some questions. Do you have pictures of your market garden setup? If I have a picture of the garden market setup, I don't, unfortunately, in this computer and this setup, I don't. But but our market setup, it's uh, <laughs> it's quite uh, it's interesting. All right, so you know how I was sharing early that people get used to things. In 2020, um, Eden Valley has uh, red and white bins those that folds i don't know if you've ever seen them but they are about this high and they just fold right so our setup looks just like this all right and some people tell me hunter you need to arrange things and it's like forget it so we have like tables like an l or sometimes like a u and we literally just lay those bins all around and open them and people just love to do this in every single bin, just look in, oh, I won that. And they literally go through the whole thing. If, a couple years ago, I said, I'm going to make this fun. All right, I'm going to get rid of those bins, put wood, you know, make it all fancy. Our sales dropped like 30%. And people thought then that the farm was actually not doing so good. Or actually um, that the farm was getting smaller. Because when you go to an area and you see these all these bins open, you're like, "Whoa, that's big!" Even though two bins, three, four bins can be filled with the same kale, you know. So, body looks big, and as well, anything that looks like the farmers, like the grocery stores, people don't like it. And so, uh, that's just our experience. That's why they've got used to. It. I'm not saying that this is going to work for you, but that's that's our setup there. And, uh, and, of course, we have, like, a main area there. And, and, we, and we have classified, we have, like, a, a whole table just with tomatoes, just flats of tomatoes. And uh, we just like to, just some of the principles as well of, of market gardens, like, you know, make it look big, make it look a lot, whatever. So, uh, But the thing is, is that, unfortunately, the grocery store have adopted a little bit of the farmer's market look, and now people are not liking it uh, because they don't want to see anything they're tired of the grocery stores. That's why they're coming to you. And so if, if you look the same, then forget it. Yeah. Um, yes. Is, this your own? Is it a farmer's market with other people, or you have your own spot? In those it's places? with other people. Okay. And in some areas where we sell $1,200, $1,300 of tomatoes only, there are four or five others farmers, other farmers, uh, and we still sell pretty good. I mean, sometimes people come and tell us, like, oh, because of you guys weren't here, or <laughs> I came late, I had to go to these other guys. And, just, is this just Loveland, or you go on the plane? Uh, we go to Eight Farmers Market, uh, Eden Valley, and uh, we supply a huge portion of the northern area of Colorado. We go to Wyoming as well, in one town there next to, uh, next to Colorado, nice. which is about 50 minutes away from us. Yeah. Uh, and then... And then we just go to, like, Boulder area and Estes Park and the Rockies and, yeah, so. four Collins. Collins. We have two. Laughlin, we have three. So, yeah, there is several markets. Uh, that's one benefit that we have, huge. Uh, I wish I could spend more and talk more about market and market strategies, but, of course, that's, you know, we're talking about tomatoes today. So, uh, yes. Any other questions? Yeah, that uh, that question in particular, how to know what is organic in the store and things like that, I don't do not have the answer for that. Uh, what I do have the answer is for you know to encourage people to grow their own food, and that's why you know I even go as far, and this might be a little um, you know uh, contestants a little bit, uh, but for example, like I I use for example synthetic. Uh, uh, fertilizer, you know, I, I, don't, I don't use it, but I, re- I, I recommend to people, to home growers, mm-hmm. you know, because synthetic fertilizer, anybody, any chemist will tell you that it's not bad. It's just all the salts, of course, that are, that are there to support the, 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 the nutrients in there. And so, like, what I tell anybody is like, hey, you know, just add a bunch of compost in there, plant some stuff, and just once a week, hit it with some miracle Grow or synthetic fertilizer. Because the point is, is, you know, one thing about gardening, and I say this with very carefulness and, and, and really is that a lot of people sometimes have, they don't like to start. Or perhaps they don't like to do things because it sounds so complex. So there's a lot of aspects of farming and gardening that you need to learn. So if I don't have to worry about growing something, like if I don't have to worry about the growth and the development of something, while I learn how to weed, when to plant, what variety to do, then that's, then that's great. And uh, I've had people that have started that have great success from the beginning because they've simply used that. It's not 100% organic organic, but it is way better than any stuff that you buy at the store. Um, so, 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 so for me, you know, I encourage people, even if, if, if farming is not your career or growing tomatoes or anything, to have vegetables and stuff uh, behind your house and it doesn't have to be complex just put four grow boxes fill it up with your own soil go to home depot lows get some organic, some compost that it's that is there and then once a week up, apply fertilizer and then slowly but surely you will then be learning more and start switching towards perhaps more sustainable methods um, this is one area as well that when it comes to evaluating your tomatoes and in adding a value to your crops a lot of people actually appreciate more that you say we're practice sustainability more than even organic It's becoming more of a thing because organic has become commercialized Uh, matter of fact I wouldn't certify any any I mean and, and excuse me those that are certified I don't have any problem but for me I wouldn't go through the trouble of certifying something uh, because sometimes um, it, it's more of a business. Once you get to it, it's, you see it. You see it in, in every page that it is more of a business of buying organic seeds, buying organic that, and at the end of the day, now these days, you're my, like the guy next to us, he's certified organic, and he's selling tomatoes for $4 a pound. And I'm not certified, and I'm selling it for 6 And it's just simply because of that quality, sustainability we're we we do not use like you know bad stuff or anything all our fertilizer and everything that I share is organic everything that I use is organic but just simply the quality people know what quality is and uh, that's what we need to thrive for um, so when it comes to organic you know again uh, that's 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 my I guess my short answer to that but um, and again, if you're certified, uh it's 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 great, you know, it's that's it's a great thing. And and I have certified crops and things like that and it's fine. But but in some areas it's it's not necessary. For the high, do you use a father? Uh I use a fogger, yeah, for most uh, pretty much everything. Yes. All right. Yes. You same- Sorry, you had a question from the beginning. No, the same approach when it comes to pruning the leaf? I found that every variety likes what I explained a good amount of foliage as much as possible. Okay. Now, on a, on a fungus suppression, like let's say you're, you're, you're having a, a great deal of a, of a plague in there, then you know prune as much as you can and then spray really good because right at that point you're trying to save your crop. Uh, and you might have some exposure in the in the tomatoes and things like that but for the most part just keep as much foliage as as possible Uh, like um, let's see here Um, so like right here again this is when I just prune. but those tomatoes are so I prune up to here but the tomatoes were way up there so they had uh, quite a bit of shade Um, and and then the brandywine so let's say if i go like right here in this picture you can see that <clears throat> um, the brandy is why well, i didn't prune it as tall because the plants weren't as big so in that case it's not like you go there with a level and prune everything at the same time no according the height of the plant will dictate how much you prune so i pruned this the same day as as the previous picture um so if you notice it's just just kind of you see how low these are and then these tomatoes were pruned the same day and this I took more because it's just it's just the height of the plant huh what variety is that? this one is uh, Geronimo yeah uh, that's that's that variety so um, but but nonetheless any final questions on tomatoes selling tomatoes greenhouse uh, production inside the greenhouse Anyone on this side? Do you, do you yes. sell any on the buying list? Uh No, I don't. I don't grow that variety. <laughs> yeah, I. one time I did, um, but at the end of the day, you you're going to plug ones. it off anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm just curious. It's not as important, but um, how long do your your tomatoes grow? I mean in length. In length? Yeah. Oh, you know, I've had tomatoes there like 40, 30, you know, 40, 50 feet. At the end of the season. I mean they're they're ropes. Yeah, because the thing is is that let's say like up here is the is the um top right where they where I need to lower them because the support system is up here. So I will do that three or four times in the season. So they'll go here and then they'll go here and then you know they'll just keep going. So they're they're pretty long at the end. Uh tomatoes are I remember uh, back in Dominican Republic, uh, growing up, there was one plant that was behind our house for like three years. And it would kind of disappear and then come back, and it would disappear and kind of come back. You know, there are a long perennial. So, um, yes, here. Remind me of what time I need to finish? A long time ago? Mm-hmm. Five. okay. Good. Good. All right. How many pounds <coughs> do you produce Do you know? I'm sorry? Um that uh, I'm not sure but yeah. So this this year we sold a little bit over seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, on tomatoes. So and that was between cherry tomatoes and slicing tomatoes. Um, um greenhouses I had one, two, three greenhouses planted. Yeah. Uh, trellising is it's basically um, is that one but but basically I have a support and then I have a twine coming down one per plant and uh, this is one thing as well I thank, thank you for that point um, you know what kind of trellising I use There are you know fancy methods out there of trellising but one thing is when it comes to greenhouses that in gardening and farming in general you have to keep a little bit of a cost down as much as possible Um, because the greenhouse is already expensive you know if you get like too fancy everything will be coming like even in life you know you can you can fly here or use your private jet or you know i mean (laughs) that kind of never stops right so that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the idea you know basically keep it as low cost as possible and sometimes there are things that are that may be efficient, but not necessary. Um, so, and, and, it, and when it comes to these, I find, like I have this two system, which is I, I have some that, that, that the twine come off, kind of like on rolls down. I have that one. And at the same time, I have one that you just tie a knot and leave it there attached. And then when it comes to lower your tomatoes, I just take the clips off and move the plant and leave that, that thing there. And to tell the truth, like it grows the same. Like there's nothing different, and in terms of timing to lower your tomatoes is basically the same. You know. So uh, I have a friend that says, you know, work is work, and there's not, doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do about it. Is work. <laughs> uh, you gotta work. <laughs> and so yes. So you leave the string tied there. You just move the the plants. The next one up. Yeah, yeah. So so once it goes up there. I remove three plants, so that's what I usually do. And you can do four plants, but usually with a height, according to the height. Now, if if your thing is up there, like where that roof is, which is about 10 feet, um, then you wanna leave maybe four plants in between. But basically, when you lower them, once you hit, once you uh, take that fourth plant and bring it to the first line here, you want that plant to be about right here. About belly belly button, it depends how high you are, but <laughs> uh about let's say four and a half feet, five feet, all right and so and 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 because if you leave it too high, it will go up there too fast. so you want to kind of put it down here around I would say three three to four feet instead of five six, three 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 to four right here, lower them very nicely and uh and then that's what I do and of course, the three plants. You kind of remove it and put it aside, and it can be four. Again, it depends the height of your of your of your support system. Uh, the tomato sitting on on the on the, top. on the top. Yeah, there there are times that we're harvesting tomatoes off the floor, <laughs> and it doesn't affect the tomato now. Yeah, and so like, uh, now not in that picture, but um, the uh, the uh, cherry tomatoes. Um, can't remember now where the picture was. But um but anyways the, the the cherry tomato was um was 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 like that. Um yeah. And you know if you have mice around you might lose a couple. But you know, you you can share some, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes sir. Yeah, so when it comes to uh crop rotation and resting greenhouses, um I try I try my best to plant something in between crops uh, now if I can't then then I can't but but right now for example at Eden Valley we have quite a bit of a greenhouse uh, so I can now I have more affordability I, I can flex more and when it comes to rotation uh, for example there's one greenhouse that we used to start our tomato every year and it was giving us problem now so this past year I didn't plant tomato there until my last rotation so instead of starting with tomatoes and ending with vegetables I started with beets and peas and all other stuff in there and then came July it was already clean and I planted tomatoes and then basically without greenhouse the same thing is going to happen next year uh maybe we'll see I haven't I haven't finished the analyze the, the 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 detail aspect of things so